0: For me, when I have found my place or my authenticity, it doesn't mean that I'm not still evolving. And so that evolution feels strange or like you're a stranger. This
1: is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champagne-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast as a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Olivia Tash, and you may know Olivia from such bands as The Chickadee Sermon, Sunshine Daydream, and Pinch of Grace. Olivia, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to be a part of this.
1: On the 1st of February, at the Rose Bowl, Chickadee Sermon just had Mm -hmm. their album release party with uh, Cole Bridges and The Underpass Mm -hmm. and Devil in the Woodpile, and... Uh, That was a great show. How did that feel? Was it good?
0: Oh my gosh, it was was so much fun. It's just so crazy that we have an album. We've been working on it for so long. So to be able to play our original music and have it there to sell is just, I don't know, a dream come true, unreal.
1: Your favorite song that you've written that you'd like to talk about with me Mm -hmm. is the song Town to Town off of this album of the same name yes and so as i like to say without further ado let's listen to the song my first and favorite question to ask is what came first the lyrics or the music
0: um that's such a hard question to think about but i want to say with this song town to town i can remember sitting at my kitchen table with my guitar so the song music rhythm of the song came first but i played and kind of wrote the lyrics there at the same time so i would say the music came first and then the lyrics were shortly thereafter
1: is your general writing pattern you play the guitar and you kind of hum a tune or is, Mm -hmm. is guitar your favorite way to write music
0: I come up or I write a little something on the guitar that makes me feel an emotion and then I attach that emotion to a situation or it reminds me of a situation um, or a scenario and then that's kind of those two things work together to kind of put lyrics to, to that
1: music. One of the things that kind of pops out first, well because it's first in the song, is you do an intro with the instruments as one does Mm -hmm. and then there's that that really wonderful kind of vocal duet between you and jennifer
0: that humming part was kind of a charlie harris moment because when i'm playing i'm very much a singer and songwriter and i wouldn't call myself like an instrumentalist but it was helping me to hum along to the intro so i could stay in rhythm and uh, then charlie said it would be so cool if you and jen what if you hummed to start the song so that's how that part came to be in that section it's just me and jen humming
1: when you brought this to the rest of chickadee sermon mm-hmm. in your mind was it complete and then you had it all written is what i'm saying and then it just got fleshed out with the rest of the band or
0: oh, yeah yeah i you know wrote did the lyrics but The song structure and really what brings everything else to life and really made it the song that it is was definitely done by Jen and Mike and Charlie. They have such great insight and unique insight into songwriting and music you know they have their specialty in things that i don't specialize or you know i have my own thing with music but they certainly have their own things so when i brought kind of that song and what i could bring with it to the table they just came up and brought all of their their unique things that made it a full song
1: i'm kind of curious i i feel like i may be Uh, Diverging a little bit Uh, I'm curious What was it about this song That made it The title track Of the album?
0: When Jen and I Talked about A song that would maybe encapsulate the direction of each of the songs this one seemed like the most appropriate we write a lot about traveling and moving and we both grew up in small towns and then moved to decatur and then we moved from decatur to Champaign. so that town to town resonates i think with both of us
1: it sounds like you've known jen quite a while yes okay <laughs> yes when you're fleshing that out making this into kind of the song that we know mm-hmm. today how how do you bring it to the band do you play the song for them do you distribute a, a recording or is it just you play and then everybody just kind of jumps in as yeah I, I, that's kind of how i imagined it is very kind of the the bluegrass style mm-hmm. would you say you'd say your bluegrass style I would yeah
0: i think we call ourselves folk. comfort folk because uh. our songs are very all of them are, are pretty chill um but it's i don't think it's actually a real genre but so we're kind of we say that we're folk and, and bluegrass, too, which I, I think our songs fall into. I'd say when we're doing songwriting, when John brings a song or Mike brings a song or I bring a song, it's just kind of pretty organic. We'll Each of us will play what we have with the intention of everybody kind of coming together to make it into a full song actually we're all kind of different when i have a song um i'll just play it and then we pick up kind of pick up on it and just kind of workshop it if mike has a song he'll print out the lyrics and make sure everybody has chords which is really nice i'd say though it's very organic for um our songwriting
1: i'm just curious and and this will demonstrate to a certain extent my uh maybe my lack of understanding of bluegrass in general, but is it is it typical to not have a chorus in? Because this, this, the way that it's laid out, mm-hmm. at least, in terms of your your lyric structure is basically four verses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to almost think that the, the fourth line in each one is kind of the chorus. Do you usually have your song structure be that way where it's a just just the verses without the chorus or do you do you actually feel like that last line is is kind of a chorus in itself
0: yeah i think that i have like no pre-thought intention when i go into writing it and just it's like whatever i feel and whatever kind of comes out happens in that moment but if i'm thinking about my songs as a as a whole i do think that i i usually don't have a chorus and it has some type of repetition or maybe some like emphasis that would take the place of a chorus but is not necessarily a traditional chorus or bridge like repeating lines i do that a lot or repeating a verse like if i have a verse like the very end of the song maybe i'll repeat the first verse instead and that could be a chorus in this song too and in others the instrumental i think plays a role maybe in taking in a chorus it's like a verse and then that same kind of instrumental part happens
1: so in a certain sense like there's the vocal verses, but then there's also the instrumental verses and mm-hmm. how long have you been playing bluegrass style or, or folk, what is it, casual folk, did casual you say?
0: Comfort folk. Comfort folk.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hadn't heard that uh that phrase before.
0: Yeah. So. I started playing guitar a few maybe five ish years ago. I mean I've been singing and playing that style of music for for a while when I was in high school I was in like a punk rock metal band and then in college I was in a jam band and then after that that's kind of when I started to transition into folk music so in college maybe mm. and then I didn't really play guitar though in, in college it was after college that I picked up the guitar and I was like oh I want to learn how to play and then that led into chickadee sermon and being able to play more.
1: Is there a particular story that relates to what inspired the words on this song?
0: My goal with writing is to take moments that I feel, but I think they're universal feelings or situations that a lot of people go through. And I try to write my lyrics in a way that can be... A way to connect people or maybe someone could see a situation that they've been in before in that moment.
1: To me, this song is having a relationship with someone, but having distance between you, but having a history I don't know I guess I could interpret it two different ways where it's like you're still with this person but it's a long distance relationship and everything in your lives is still interconnected because of all the, the relationship the, everything that you built together but also kind of the things that you shared together but it, it also seems like it's it's the story of you're no longer together but the things that are part of your life or the things that you have built together are still there that remind you It reminds you of the loss So to speak you know <laughs> what I mean like the, the Things that you built are the things that remind you of the loss and, and there's still these little Fractions of or broken Pieces that are still kind of lingering in Both of your lives so I, Yeah just two of my <laughs> Interpretations
0: for Me I think each verse has a Different moment in My life when I moved here to Champaign I was with Mike but he lived in A different city so I was by myself and I was in my career for the first time. And I was trying to play music for the first time in a brand new city. So that's really where I tie that, like, I built this house up from dirt. The things maybe that I wanted in my career and my music, like I was building up and and having to be somewhat self-reliant in that. So that's where that first verse And maybe ties back into the last verse, too, kind of reflecting on moments when you feel like you've created something or you're here, you're present, but there's still moments feeling like a stranger or to me, I think those moments in my life stick out when you are having to be more self-reliant or just be trying something and being alone. Feeling like you're a stranger in a new place, I don't think that I'm alone in that feeling. I think part of the intention is, like, I want to write something where if someone's listening to that song and they're feeling that way, that they're not alone in that feeling, that other people feel that way. And it's normal and we can connect and be together and in those feelings
1: when you mention your career do you mean the your music career or
0: no yeah my teaching so i'm a high school teacher Ah, okay Mm -hmm. so i just uh, yeah graduated and moved here um to start my teaching career
1: so it wasn't the music that drew you in it was the it was your your day-to-day job so to speak yeah right
0: okay. yeah and then i discovered how just great this community is for music and discovered so many great bands and musicians and you know it's probably a big reason of staying here because mike and i love the music scene all of the different bands and people that we've met
1: yeah so how did the chickadee sermon come together
0: Well, in college, Jen and I played in a jam band called the England Chambers band and we were the singers in that band and we decided after a year or so we were like, we should start our own band because we love playing together. We started out as a duo as the Chickadee Sermon and then that just eventually formed into the full band. We added Mike after Jen and I had lived here and we played as a trio with Mike played around, then we met Charlie and got to know him better and then he started playing with us too and then
1: Yeah, the the bass is definitely a nice addition that feels like Mm. that that lends like impulsion it it gets that it it keeps the the sound moving forward and it grounds it and makes it feel
0: he's so talented like we'll just have a song and then just he'll he'll just add so much to it and then have such great ideas about the structure of the song. And it's just so knowledgeable. So we're Jen and I always say how excited and lucky we are to have him mm. and have Mike too. both of them. And I, I'm going to
1: add that the Charlie that you're speaking of in the chickadee sermon is also the Charlie of the merry travelers and bones jugs. Just, just to wrap that in. Mm-hmm. Um, So you'd been together as a Mm four-piece. What was kind of the tipping point when you said, we need to go to perennial studios and record an album
0: we had been wanting to do a recording and get an album together for a little while before we actually started doing it but it had just kind of been a dream or concept that we had talked about Teresa, kyle's mom said as a gift i will put the money forward for an album and you can decide which studio and then perennial sound studio is the one
1: with folk music, there seems to be a long standing tradition of doing standards mm-hmm. as they would be like in jazz, you would have standards or, or you have like would covers be the right word for it? It's like traditional, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um I've noticed you have a you have a pretty decent mix of like original as well as very Traditional bluegrass and folk mm-hmm. tunes. How did you decide on some of those? You knew they were crowd favorites or well, I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a really it's a really good question. I think it's songs that we knew. So Jen, Jen grew up in a bluegrass family with her parents playing bluegrass. So she brought to the table a handful of the traditional songs that she had played growing up. I would say that's where some of them come from. Others are ones that we have heard played by bands that we like like the Grateful Dead play um Dark Hollow and I think I we we definitely play I Know You Rider which is played a lot by the Grateful Dead but I want to say that one is traditional too so it's kind of a combination of the songs that we like and then songs that that we know or have listened to and want to learn
1: Do you have a favorite line in in this song that that has a particular meaning to you or we can just cut it to do you have a favorite line in this song <laughs>
0: um i think my favorite line is i've been a stranger in this house and I, I'd say it's a favorite line because it reminds me of sitting and writing the song I guess and something about the word stranger I like I think it. Mm. there's something that holds a lot of weight to me with that word to me there's so much depth in the word stranger you're a stranger in a new land there's a, something kind of action oriented about it too you're going you're a stranger but you're not it's not always going to be it's not like a static word it won't always be that you'll move away from that word and become something different, most likely. So I think that's probably why that that line sticks out to me.
1: If this was of an autobiographical nature, when I think of the word of, you know, a stranger, and then also using it in the context of stranger in this house I feel like there's there's two ways that you could be a stranger is that you know it's your house or whatever but you're never there Mm -hmm. or you're coming into this house that's not your own Mm -hmm. um and for you how are you interpreting stranger for you being a stranger in this house
0: feeling like, I'm going to find comfort, but it's something that's evolving. I think for me, when I have found my place or my authenticity, it doesn't mean that I'm not still evolving. And so, that evolution feels strange or like you're a stranger is what it means to me to be both in my thing that I have created, but then also feel a sense of uncertainty in that creation, too even though it's mine.
1: This has the line that the name of the song is, is the, but I gave all I had town to town. Mm -hmm. That also has, has a certain tiredness Mm -hmm. to it. When I hear that there's, there's a certain finality to it where it's just like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just being very hopeful at this point that, in a sense, you're saying, fingers crossed, that you're saying that you've been to every other town and and you gave all you had, but now you've found the perfect town in which to... Rest and be in. So I'm. I'm subtly being like, you're gonna stick around in in Urbana for a while. Uh, Yeah,
0: (laughs) we love Champagne Urbana. We are definitely. This is our home now for sure. I, I think a lot of that line comes from. So growing up in a small area and small town that has somewhat limited resources. It's just I've. I always knew growing up, if I wanted to play music, for example, I would have to move away from every, you know, the things that I'm comfortable with and where I am at home. And I, it's, I think... Being young, I just I always knew that at some point, mm. if I'm going to p- want to play music, if I'm going to want to have some of these things, then I'm going to have to be away from my parents and away from my childhood home and away from this town that is all that I've ever known and grown up in. I think part of that I gave all I had it's like I gave all I had because I felt like I that's I have to because if if I don't, then I will not have maybe these opportunities or resources that I know that I want and that I have found now in Champaign-Urbana and I can't speak for Jen but I I think that she would have a similar experience to that mm. too I think a lot about that feeling of that you can't go home in a way or something and that's not the, to say that that's how everybody feels growing up in the country or in the small town. And I love having grown up in the country and small town, but I also love playing music too and having mm. other resources and opportunities. So,
1: yeah, you can't just, you know, play every Friday night in the same bar, the yeah. the, the one bar of the town, right? <laughs> I find it interesting that you're talking about kind of settling and being in a place and, and becoming no longer a stranger in a way mm-hmm. you're talking about traveling. And now I'm, a thousand miles from where you are mm-hmm. and is that more of talking about leaving behind your family or are you thinking literally or are you thinking kind of metaphorically a thousand miles
0: from well that one actually is so my brother lives in denver colorado mm. so that whole verse is actually about him because he i think it's about a thousand miles from here to denver just being apart from him and wanting to see him as much as I can. But the reality of the situation is that ache, that longing hmm. for family and, you know, seeing them.
1: And, of course, the third line is, you know, oh, you listen to my songs in your car and, like, they're they're in Denver, but you can somehow keep that connection alive by continuing to share your mm-hmm. songs that he can listen to in his car.
0: And that yeah, thing. he is maybe like the second or third person to have bought the album so literally now he is listening to that my songs in his car which is kind of what i imagined or thought of when i was writing that verse Excellent. Um, it's just an ode to how much, I guess, my family means to me.
1: It's so interesting because in so many ways, uh, my interpretation of that third verse was so different. Because yours is, yes, we're separated, but there's still that wonderful connection and mm-hmm. like we can still connect. The third verse is me looking back and thinking, you know, those people that you no longer connect to. But, you know... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well and that's Where? yeah that's kind of my intention and in, in how i wrote it because i it that is what inspired it but i wanted to write it in a way that someone else can infuse their own life experience into it mm-hmm. so the feeling of being apart from somebody is what i and the aching and longing of wanting to be with that person is what i wanted to communicate But my own backstory of, of like, what that looks like for me is almost, is, like, inconsequential. It's just... It's just like what inspired it, but I wanted the, more of the feeling of the longing and aching for what to be with some someone, mm-hmm. to be what is communicated, not necessarily my story. When I listen to that, it reminds me of my relationship to my brother and my relationship to my family. But I, my hope is that in the way it's written, it would h- remind someone of their self or maybe something that they experience.
1: But I also think that it's nice that the interpretation can be informed by your Mm -hmm. specific experience, but not bound by it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great way of
1: saying it, yeah. And maybe that's just the wonderful duality or or multi, whatever you want to call it, of music is that I can literally listen to that line and experience the emotions that I originally interpreted with it and then simultaneously experience Mm -hmm. the, the the emotions associated with what you wrote it with the mm. intent, original intent mm-hmm. so i think that mm-hmm. that's just it's it's like you can exist in that at the same time. And I think that's one of those like really amazing things about music in general. Mm
0: -hmm. My story, I guess, as a person up until this point has been felt in a skeleton way, moving Mm -hmm. from town to town and coping with being at a distance from people I love, but then building and being in this community that I have found is like a a place Mm -hmm. for me to settle. So I think those components make it why when I listen to it 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 both reminds me of where I grew up and the people that I love and it also reminds me of where I am now and this you know this new community that I love so much so it's like an infusion of both of those things so it it brings me comfort to listen to it
1: Food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Olivia, what is your favorite champagne urbana venue
0: there are literally so many to choose from but my favorite has to be rose bowl such a great venue for music and such a thoughtful venue for music and i think especially being a folk musician and being in a folk band it it lends itself for that aesthetic too
1: Ever since the new owners have taken over, um, Charlie being one of them. Yeah. Uh, gosh, is this a shout out to Charlie episode? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there has been a renewed energy in putting together shows that kind of showcase the variety of the Champagne Urbana music scene. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that before. Uh, The new owners took over. I was a a regular patron of the Rose Bowl, but it's so much more welcoming and more comforting to go there and see a show. And it just feels like there's a lot more variety of people even attending Mm -hmm. shows there. Do you have a particular favorite show that you've done? Not just maybe, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the Chickadee Sermon. It can be any of your other bands. What has been your favorite venue for uh, playing as either you know the chickadee sermon sunshine daydream or pinch of grace
0: i still feel i've really loved i think rose bowl for chickadee sermon has been great and we, we also play there with sunshine daydream too which is really really special and really nice some of my favorite shows that that i've done with sunshine daydream outside of the iron post in that back uh parking lot area turn that into a little outdoor show which has been really fun to do and We've done it for, I think, the past couple years. Iron Post is another venue I really love and uh, love to go to.
1: Yeah, they do a really good job of also having a variety of different musical styles and also being a very welcoming. But definitely, the Iron Post is more of an intimate gathering Mm -hmm. because it's a smaller venue. How did you... Get involved with Girls Rock Champagne Urbana. Actually, I met you for the first time when I went to interview Mm -hmm. everyone for the Girls Rock Champagne Urbana bonus episode.
0: I got involved in 2016 and... That I saw a Facebook post that was expressing a need for Girls Rock. Like, could we make something like this happen in Champaign Urbana? If so, you know, try to kind of set up a meeting. And so that's how initially I got involved with the concept or the idea. There's uh, a nationwide, international, I guess, Girls Rock camps throughout the United States and in other countries as well. So being involved in in opening and starting a chapter and what that would look like for Champaign-Urbana. So I went to the first meeting and, and then we just started kind of building and thinking about what we could have that look like here. And it's been so much fun.
1: So you were involved with the very first camp mm-hmm. in 2018.
0: Mm-hmm yeah we had it at the imc and had a great group of kids come and form bands and it was just amazing to see how much they grew from monday to playing on saturday in a way that i just like i wouldn't thought or been prepared for kids are just kids are great i love working with with kids they're so authentic and inspirational
1: wouldn't you once again, kind of get that sense of like how transformative music really is, like yeah. how much it, it really is a part of who we are as like human beings. Like we can't really separate ourselves from it. I don't know. Yeah, no, anyway, I'm absolutely. getting deep here, but like, it's an amazing thing.
0: It's such a, a good vessel for how to communicate emotion in in some ways how to understand technical things that are not emotional it's just both of those things in one so it's so accessible to so many people the way that mike and i approach music is so different but we can both approach music and still enjoy it in our own way it's just it's such a great vehicle for so many people to express so many things in their own way
1: so you were also part of this year's the 2019 camp Mm -hmm. and are, are you planning on being part of the 2020 camp
0: yeah we're kind of focusing now on doing fundraising and getting some workshops going for the spring and then our camp will be in july so right now it's just getting our solidifying some of the the ideas down for that, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it in in July in the summer of 2022.
1: How have you seen the camp itself kind of grow and develop from 2018? To the most recent 2019
0: camp mm. the camp has has grown in having more depth in the mission and really being cohesive and, and working together with each other to create this camp or this opportunity for people it's just grown in in subtle ways and just thinking of how I looked at things or approached things the first time I did it and then things that I thought went well or things that I wish I would have done differently and then making sure that I kept doing the things that I thought went well and then making sure I found a different way to do the things I wish I would have done differently. Millions of moments <laughs> happened that are, are like that with the first camp and the second camp and just continuously being held by our mission and making sure that that's at the forefront of our decision-making and what we want to do. But I think it just keeps growing by keeping the things that have been working well and trying to adapt and evolve and make those things that we want to have more depth or change to actually change and have more depth.
1: Well, I definitely feel like uh, at least from observing like things that were posted from one year to the next and, and watching how that had evolved, but I, I, you could definitely tell that there was maybe a, a little bit more. I don't know if organization, but I mean, like you, you were a little bit more focused and you Mm -hmm. knew you'd already had the, the growing pains of that first, uh, Mm -hmm. just that first try or, you know, since it's that first time, you don't know how it's all going to be. And so I thought it was just really neat to see, you know, one, you did have some campers that were returning from Mm -hmm. the previous year. And the, the one thing that stood out to me is that it felt like and this is just me kind of guessing Mm -hmm. that there may have been a certain sense that some of the returning campers wanted to take more like leadership or even even kind of compete with themselves from Mm -hmm. the previous year because the the thing i think That I thought was amazing is not only did they each come up with their own songs Mm -hmm. this past year, which is part of the curriculum, Mm -hmm. but they also decided to join... And write a song together Which I was like How does that I mean It's just like How did They they just Obviously It it felt like They just wanted to outdo What they had been able to do Last year So anyway Oh my gosh Yeah
0: I It Oh Memories just flooding back Thinking about that (laughs) Yes So They That song that they did And decided to do Is totally like Unprompted by adults Like we had No influence in Mm -hmm. that other than just being like that's a great idea you should totally do that so that was such a neat moment because the story behind that third song that they all collaborated on one of the Girls Rock See You people, Amy, had this bird that she was taking care of that we found outside of the IMC and then the, the bird you know, we watched the bir- this like baby bird kind of become healthier and then eventually it flew away and so they were so moved by that that they wanted to write a song about it. I want to say that the song was called Amy found a bird. It was a great, great moment.
1: It seems like that would be one of those moments where somebody could make that connection where it's like, oh my gosh, I could tell my story or talk about things that are going on in my life in in a song mm-hmm. and then share it that way I, I feel like if, if I were in a camp like that I feel like that would be a light bulb moment for me where it would be like that connection and then you could yeah. share that moment with other people in writing that song so yes yeah. I, I, I don't know there's, there's so many things that I really love about the Girls Rock CU not only does it take place at IMC, which is a great organization mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. it's put on and run by and facilitated by some of Champagne Urbana's like best musicians, and mm. you know, I mean, like
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> crying, <laughs> uh, but it's I mean, such is, a, yeah,
0: it's so much it, fun to it, work.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many things about it to be excited about, and so I feel like that's really an exceptional thing and i and i can't speak for the other girls rock camps around the country and Mm -hmm. internationally but it just feels like it's something really really special and i just think i'm going to put in the show notes please go to the show notes find the link and it'll take you right to that donate page (laughs) because they could always use Not only can they use your funds, but they can also use your used equipment that Mm -hmm. your guitars, your... I don't know. Even if you wanted to... I'm sure if you just wanted to donate like a set of strings, I'm sure they would love that.
0: Yeah. We'll take anything.
1: (laughs) Yes. But but leave your llama at home. Yeah. So, I mean... We
0: won't take anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, please uh, think about if you're going to donate, just... Check out the Girls Rock CU and, um, you know, contribute because it's a worthy cause Mm -hmm. and it is shaping young minds Mm -hmm. and um, giving people a voice that. May not have a voice.
0: Be on the lookout for our upcoming um, fundraising events and workshops, and then our camp. We'll announce it sometime in the spring for summer 2020.
1: And I'll definitely, on Facebook and other medias, we'll try to announce when those kind of things happen too, so keep an eye out for it. Champaign is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Olivia, Mm -hmm. what is your favorite non-musical thing?
0: My favorite non-musical? I have a lot of...
1: Okay, things. (laughs) Bring them on.
0: Um, Something I've been really focused on recently is yoga this past year. So that's something I've done for a while, but just kind of on and off. And and this past year, I've just been incorporating it and focusing on it more so that's definitely one i do or think about often
1: do you have a particular studio that you like to do yoga at
0: yeah i go to amara i'm actually doing the teacher training this year and i'll be finished up with that in april so i go there a lot another thing with champagne urbana is we have so many great like yoga studios and meditation options or places to do meditation so i love i love 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 amara i also love the living yoga center and hatha yoga and the eco community outside of urbana has yoga and meditation sometimes too which is really cool so it's like so much variety it's so we're so lucky to have that or I always feel like I'm lucky.
1: It sounded like you were going to name another thing that's your favorite.
0: Well, I do. I, I love animals and I love my cat. <laughs> Her name's Coconut.
1: You can't just read with <laughs> Coconut and then. So how, how old is Coconut? Okay,
0: she is seven years old. She is all white and fluffy. All she wants is love and to be around people and to sleep and play with her toys. And she's just so cute i love her she's seven and i got her from jen's husband's parents so the same person who kind of influenced and helped us get the album jump started is also the same person who we got our cat from she's our our cat sitter too so she watches her if we ever have to leave Mm -hmm. jen and my lives are we're all connected very deeply (laughs)
1: Uh, how did you get into yoga
0: When I was in high school, I went to a studio called Austin Parker Naturals. When I was in high school, I did competitive dance, so it was a kind of nice balance for me to have that be something that I do but also yoga helped me you know find a way to be calm and I enjoy doing like physical activity but I think I was really drawn to that and the meditation part of it too
1: competitive dance so what did you so what style of dance or did you do it all or
0: it was in a category called the production category so it did a bunch of different genres and styles melded into one routine (laughs)
1: And it's called production.
0: Production style. Yeah. So we would have, we like made backdrops and had costumes and did like different styles. And there's a theme or something that would kind of thread it together, like a production.
1: Was there a narrative to it or was it just like,
0: there was somewhat of a storyline. It was more, there was some theme that we would go off of. That's kind of the, where the production aspect came from. And then, we would you know certain parts of the dance and choreography would incorporate that theme too and and definitely like the costumes and stuff like that
1: (laughs) yeah did you did you have a particular style of dance that you really liked doing Um,
0: well I, i liked like modern yeah i'd say like modern was one that was always really fun and a little more interpretive than mm-hmm. some of the other genres. I think with modern dance, there, it's a little bit more fluid or there's not as much specific traditional structure to it as there would mm-hmm. be in another genre. Yeah, the expressiveness of it, I enjoyed... And the co- the competition of it was super fun too, cause it's. It, it ha- I don't know if I've had that feeling of like the con- the competition like ever replicated since then. Just that like heart pounding like feeling of of about to go and do this like three minute routine that with your friends and stuff, and you're trying to like. Make sure that you're remembering everything and doing everything. And you teach high school. I do school. teach high school. So, oh, I love, yeah. oh, I love working with high school kids. They are the best, honestly. They are the best. It's just such a privilege to be a part of and wit- be a witness to their life in that in that time period.
1: It's like the unformed piece of clay is finally starting to take shape a little bit or
0: i just start to see where kind of in some ways like how they're forming into adults and it's just to be able to help and guide them through the growth of what that's like is such a privilege to me and i feel like it's such a special thing as an adult to be able to like witness a group of people like discovering who they are
1: Olivia, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your song Town to Town and the Chickadee Sermon and the release of the album Town to Town. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not being redundant here. It's, there's a song and there's an album mm-hmm. and about your work with Girls Rock and your favorite non-musical things. And it's fascinating to hear how you know, you get that opportunity to shape young people's lives. And I mean, both with Girls Rock CU and in high school as a teacher. And I look forward to just seeing where else you're, your music endeavors as well as your educational and um yoga endeavors (laughs) take you and it's it's really exciting thank you for being on the show
0: thank you so much for having me it's such a privilege to be in a community that that supports music and and to be able to talk about it and yeah i have had so much fun today
1: excellent thank you so much
0: Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Olivia Tash reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. know how media
2: works
1: (laughs) 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 you almost have an NPR voice it's so good (laughs) (laughs) on the inside